Praise the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? There's a beautiful presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. And we are a privileged people to be able to come into His house to worship our Lord and our Savior. Amen. There is no greater privilege than to live for Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. I just want to read one verse here because it's got where I want to talk about this morning. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. It's in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. Say amen when you're there. While you're turning there again, I just want to express my appreciation for uh, Reverend Banu for taking care of things while I was away. Amen. And I had a good time at Ministers and Leaders. It was a time of refreshing and time of learning and teaching and coming away ready for the next season that God would have for us. Amen. We've got some exciting things happening in church. We're on the cusp of hopefully, Lord willing, getting approved to move into the building over the road over there. I was privileged to be able to catch up for dinner with um, brother and sister Curry down in Sydney when we met with them. They are the ones that are going to help us. Amen. And they have committed to sending a team up over a weekend. They're going to bring a full crew up and they're going to build the stage and the platform. They're going to build internal walls for us. Going to set it all up, amen, and put the sound booth in place. And all that stuff's going to get built for us, amen, in just a weekend in our new building, amen. And and they're going to come up and they're going to bless us with that, amen. I've had other people. I've got another pastor who has an air conditioning business. And uh, he's going to come up as well. Probably going to get him to talk to Sister Mele, make sure she's behaving too. Love you, Sister Mele. Praise the Lord. Brother Revel's going to come up and help us out as well. Actually, that reminds me. Please don't let me forget to take some photos of our air conditioning for him. He wants to see them. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Just love being in God's house with God's people. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And he says these words, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And I want to preach for a little while this morning about his kingdom come. Turn to the person next to you say, His kingdom come. Praise the Lord. First day of ministers and leaders. Bishop Downs was talking about the kingdom, amen, and, and it got me thinking and got me praying and started studying. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the kingdom today. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10, Jesus taught His disciples to pray that God's kingdom would come, amen. And throughout His ministry, Jesus taught about the coming kingdom. Jesus' first words in Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Jesus said, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the Gospels. The very first words that Jesus spoke concerned this kingdom of God. Amen. I read it earlier this morning in life class, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom. Everyone say the kingdom. The kingdom of God and His Righteousness. Jesus taught, he preached about the kingdom. Of course, we know talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 5, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Everyone say the kingdom. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, throughout His ministry, told various parables that started with the phrase, The kingdom of God is like unto. Or the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Amen. So Jesus taught about the kingdom. 
The early church preached about the kingdom. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, Philip was at Samaria and a great revival was happening. People were getting baptized left, right, and center. Good things were happening. Miracles were happening. Why? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12 that he preached things concerning the kingdom. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 8, when the Jews, the Jews at Ephesus were there and, and Paul was preaching in the synagogue and, and the Bible tells us that he went in there and for three months he attended the synagogue faithfully, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 25, when Paul has left the city of Ephesus, he's at Miletus, the Ephesian elders come to Paul and Paul tells them, and indeed now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God. Paul preached the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, of course we know that Paul taught about the kind of people who would not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom. Turn to the person next to you say, His kingdom come. Even in the Old Testament. We know that the prophet Daniel prophesied in chapter 2 about a coming kingdom that would never be destroyed and that would stand forever. You remember he had the vision of the, the head of gold and then the shoulders and torso of silver and then the legs of iron and then the, the, the bottom part with clay and iron and then this massive boulder comes and smashes it. And it was a kingdom that would last forever. King David. In the book of Psalms, in Psalm 45, he prophesied and said, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And if you look in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, we see that the writer of Hebrews specifically linked that verse to Jesus Christ. So it seems to me that when the Bible talks about the kingdom and Jesus teaches us to pray that His kingdom would come, that this should be something, my friends, that we should pay attention to. Amen? What does it actually mean, though, to have His kingdom come? First of all, I want you to know that the kingdom needs to affect our whole life. See, the kingdom is in place every day of the week. We often fall into this idea that when I come to church on Sunday, that's when I'm in the kingdom of God, and that's when I'm going to serve God. And then during the week, kind of drift off a little bit, amen. But the kingdom is still the kingdom no matter what is going on in our life, amen. Jesus is still the king every day of the week. Do you believe that this morning? And what that means is that it has an effect on how I live my life. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew, Matthew, Mark rather. Book of Mark. Mark chapter 4. See, if the kingdom really is in place my entire life, then it has to have an effect on me. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26 is a parable here that Jesus tells. Say amen when you're there. Say wait on me if you're not there yet. 
Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven, so he's talking about the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. My friends, there is a growth progress that happens when we live our lives in the kingdom. Crops do not grow on one day of the week. Hello? Your garden does not just grow on Sunday and then remain stagnant the rest of the week. But your garden grows every single day. And sometimes we don't understand how that works. We don't understand the process. But we can see the change happening in the garden. Amen. So too it is with the kingdom of God. When we live in the kingdom of God every day of our life, there is a growth that happens seven days of the week. 24 hours a day we begin to mature and we begin to grow. Amen. And we ought to be continually growing. There ought to be a spiritual growth that occurs in our life we ought to be maturing in Christ if we really are a part of the kingdom we cannot just mature on a Sunday but living in the kingdom is something that has an effect on our life every day that we live do you believe that this morning no, we become stronger as we grow day by day, as we learn to live in the kingdom, as we learn to trust Jesus more. We grow and we learn and we become stronger. Amen. And like Jesus said in the parable, sometimes we don't understand why things happen to us. So we don't understand why trials are going on and tribulations. But this is part of the growth program that God has in place for those of us who live in the kingdom. They help us to grow and they help us to learn and they help us to mature but this is why we have to live in the kingdom every day because we can't just rely on Jesus on a Sunday but we have to rely on him every day of the week amen and so he helps us to grow and he helps us to learn and he helps us to mature we go through things in life and we recognize I'm a kingdom citizen this is helping me to grow and helping me to mature and helping me to become more like Jesus amen I think the reason that we struggle sometimes is we want to know what's going on. Who hates being left out of the loop? Amen. Who hates finding out something after everybody else finds out something? Who hates finding out something on Facebook? You know, someone gets engaged, someone gets married, someone has a baby, and the first you see about it is on Facebook. Right? People don't like that, right? We like to be kept in the loop. Now, here's the thing. In kingdom living, we have the same attitude sometimes. God, I can see you're bringing me trials. I can see you're helping me to grow. I want to see the end result first. Hello? God, I accept that you want me to grow, but I want to see what the final destination is. And, and, and our entire culture is like that, right? Here's the problem with the kingdom. The kingdom is not a democracy. 
You know, we live in a democracy. What does democracy mean? Democracy means the people rule. We get to decide who is in government. We don't like that particular people, those particular people in government. We can vote them out. That's why come election time, here comes all the politicians with money for you and money for you. And you can have this and we're going to do this for you. Why? They want you to vote for them so they can get back into power. Right? But that means we like to hold our government to account. Why haven't you done this? You need to do this. I want to see the finished result, please. We elected you. But God's kingdom doesn't work like that. See, God's kingdom is what we call a theocracy. That means God rules, not us. God is the one that sits on the throne. God is the one that is in charge. God is the one whose plan that we follow. Amen. That means when Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no committees. There's no government. There's just God. And if he says it, it happens. His will is accomplished like that. Amen. And this is the problem we have in our life is we want to be in control because in everything else in our life we are in control but God says that's not how it works in the kingdom in the kingdom I'm the boss and we struggle with that sometimes because we like we all like to know what's going on but God is saying just trust the process trust me trust what I'm doing in your life you don't have to worry about the end result because I am the king you are not in charge you are in my kingdom amen amen in kingdom living, our life is surrendered to God. Amen? Our life belongs to Him. That's what it means to live in the kingdom. We are His servants. We are His people. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, which you have from God, and you are not your own? Why? For you were bought at a price amen when we entered into the kingdom jesus paid the price for our sins amen when we obey the new birth amen and we're baptized in the name of jesus and we're filled with the holy spirit and we enter into the kingdom amen we become his citizens but it means that we are not our own for we were bought at a price therefore glorify god in your body which is the lord's amen amen and so when we live in the kingdom, we belong to God. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to Him. And it's an ownership that extends every day of the week. Woo, you're looking at me like I'm preaching something crazy. Here is the thing. If I truly believe that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and if I truly believe that I am part of the kingdom, then there is a radical change that occurs every day in my life. And it's a radical change. Here is the thing. It doesn't make sense to anybody else around you. See, this is the thing. We, 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 try, to, we try to blend in, don't we? We're very chameleon like that. You know what a chameleon is, right? A chameleon can change its color. Put it in front of a white wall and it'll turn white. Move it onto the black panel, it'll turn black. Right? Change it. We're very chameleon-like sometimes in our walk with God. But we're not called to blend in. We are called to stand out. Amen. We are called to come out from among them and be ye separate, the Bible says. Amen. And so when we live in the kingdom, there is a radical change that comes over us and takes control of our life. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. Have a look at this. See, we want to live in the kingdom, but, but, but are we aware 
of what it requires. Look at this, Luke chapter 9, verse 59. Verse 59, Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. I've got a funeral to go to. Jesus said, Oh, that's okay. No problems. Off you go. You go do that. And when you're done, come back. No, that's not what he said. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom. Just think about that for a second. Imagine our culture. The culture of how important funerals are in our culture. Being able to say goodbye. And you say to Jesus, Jesus, I've got a funeral I've got to go to. It's very important. Loved family member. And Jesus says, no, no, I'm more important than them. I don't care if they've died. Let the dead bury their dead. Come and follow me and preach the kingdom. That's countercultural. That's against everything we ever do. Amen. It's, and it was against everything that they did in that culture as well. But Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Another also said, verse 61, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's rough. See, we come to the kingdom and we like to come with all our baggage and all the, our, our provisos and everything we like to bring into the kingdom with us. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You've got to leave the old life behind. You've got to leave the old way of thinking behind. The old way of doing things. You've got to completely come out from that and be separate and live and operate and work in the kingdom. Amen. This is why I say when we want to follow Jesus, living and growing in the kingdom requires a radical shift in loyalty and allegiance. Right? There's another part of the scripture where Jesus says, if anyone follows after me but doesn't hate his mother or his father, I mean, man, come on. That's intense, right? But what Jesus is saying there is he's saying, your love for me and your love for serving in my kingdom and your love for standing for me needs to far outweigh anything else in this world, any other consideration, any other family tie, any other cultural obligation. The kingdom has to come first. That's where we stand, amen? And that's radical. Because that means our culture just isn't as important as the kingdom. That's how God sees it. Our family isn't as important as the kingdom. Ooh, that's rough, isn't it? We want to have our family in the kingdom. We want to serve with God in the kingdom together, amen? I'm not saying turn your back on your family. But what I'm saying is when the things of God come up against the things of family, the things of God have to come first. Y'all just look at me and smile that way. I know I'm not offending you all. You know, Jesus is not an optional extra. He becomes our everything. Every part of our life is surrendered to the power and the authority of our King Jesus in whose kingdom we live. This is why Paul said, in Him we live and move and have our being. Amen. See, we, 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 try and, we try and we don't ignore scriptures like that, but we don't realize just the impact that should have on our life. Amen. 
Amen. Where, where it's just like, man, whatever God wants me to do, I'll do anything because He is my priority. I live in the kingdom. I belong to Him now. Amen. The other important thing about living in the kingdom is that when we come into the kingdom, we are no longer aligned to this world and aligned to its values and aligned to its goals. The things that this world considers important are no longer important to us. The things that this world praises as good and awesome are no longer the things that we consider good and awesome. Amen. There is some things that are good. There are some things that are not good in the world. Whether they are good or bad doesn't matter. But what does Jesus think? That ought to be our concern. That's what it means to live in the kingdom. Amen. And so when we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, are we aware of what we're praying? Woo, praise you, Jesus. Amen. See, we need this. My second point, you know, I'm not going to preach for too much longer. But when the kingdom comes like that as individuals, when we begin to buy into what God wants for us as individuals, when we begin to follow His purpose and His plan for our life with a reckless abandon to everything else where God's priorities become our priorities, when His heartbeat becomes our heartbeat, when we're thirsting and longing after the things of God, when that happens, we come together as a church. And in the church, God's kingdom begins to come when the kingdom operates in our church then there are a few things that we should expect to see amen first corinthians 4 verse 20 paul wrote he said for the kingdom of god is not in word but in power amen but in power mark 16 15 jesus said this go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned verse 17 and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover amen when as a church and i'm not talking about Hope divine. I'm not talking about the United Pentecostal Church of Australia, but as the ecclesia, as a group of individuals who come together to worship God and to praise God, when we, as men and women of God, surrendered in purpose to the cause of the kingdom and living our lives radically transformed by the gospel, we can expect these things to happen. Amen. We can expect the miraculous. We can expect that in His name we will cast out devils we can expect that we will speak with new tongues we can expect that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover amen we can expect signs and wonders amen but it takes us being willing to be transformed and to live in the kingdom every day of our life amen when we gather in his name we can expect our king to show up. John 14, 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, listen to this, keep in mind everything I've been talking about, that we need to live in the kingdom, that our lives can be transformed. And when we come together, we can expect the miraculous to happen. 
Look what Jesus says. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he also will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. Do you realize the significance of that? When someone comes here in a wheelchair, we can expect to pray on them and they will walk again. As a matter of fact, Jesus is saying, the miracles that you have seen me do, my people who are called by my name, they will do greater than me, greater than Jesus manifest in flesh. God manifest in flesh. Amen. When we come together and we are united in a cause and united in passion and united in living for the kingdom, where our lives are surrendered to the purpose, we can expect these things to happen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. When we live and operate in the kingdom, we can expect greater works to operate in our church, not because we want the glory, and this is the key. When you understand that you live in the kingdom, you understand that all the glory belongs to God, and all the praise and all the worship belongs to God. And it's a church like that where the miraculous can begin to take place because God knows I can trust this people because they're not going to try and take the glory for themselves. They're not going to shout about it. They're not going to sing about it to bring praise and honor to them but they live in my kingdom and they operate in my kingdom and they are going to give the glory to me amen amen in the kingdom we can expect the operation of the gifts of the spirit we can expect the word of knowledge we can expect the word of wisdom we can expect the gift of faith the gift of healing the gift of tongues we can expect these things to operate when we live and breathe in the kingdom amen when our lives is focused on what jesus wants when our life really does reflect let your kingdom come so as we get ready to close this morning why don't we all stand How are we a part of the kingdom of God? And why is it important? I mentioned the scripture earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9. Paul writes, he says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Bible. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the kicker. Paul goes on and says, And such were some of you. Ooh, me? An extortioner? Me? An idolater? Yes, but when we come into the kingdom, amen, we are sanctified, we are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Here is the point. There is no way to enter into the kingdom of God while we are unrighteous. We cannot enter the kingdom of God just when it suits us and withdraw from it when we feel like it. Either we are living for Jesus or we're not. We cannot just live for Jesus half-heartedly. You're not living for Jesus. You can't just live for Jesus on Sunday. You're not living for Jesus. Either we are living for Jesus or we are not. Either we are righteous or we are not. Amen. The key is found in verse 11. Washed and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is why John, Jesus and Nicodemus, when they were talking, Jesus said in John 3, 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. When we are baptized in the name of Jesus, our sins are washed away. We begin a new life in the kingdom. That's why it's called the new birth experience. Amen. Amen. But that's not all. We also sanctified as we live 
our new lives in the kingdom, as we live our lives surrendered to His purpose and living in His kingdom, we grow day by day, lesson by lesson, trial by trial. And every triumph molds us more to become like Jesus. Every day we stand against temptation. Every day we resist doing something that we know we shouldn't do. Is another day a victory gets chalked up in the tally. And another day we're living victoriously in the kingdom. Amen. And the good thing is, of course, is that if we do fail, because we do fail from time to time. right? The Bible says He is just and willing to forgive us our sins. Amen. Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. He is our mediator. He's on our side. Amen. And so we don't have to struggle to stay in the kingdom. Jesus wants to help us. We don't have to wonder if we're going to fall out. No, Jesus is on our side. He wants to help us. He wants to give us His grace. He wants to extend His mercy. He wants to say, hey, let me help you out with this. Let me give you strength. Let me give you grace. You don't have to fight this battle alone. Amen. We learned it this morning. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. And living in the kingdom, we can be victorious. Because every failure is a chance to learn as well. And a chance to grow. As we get ready to sing a worship song this morning, we'll say goodbye to the live streamers if we haven't already. And we're going to worship the Lord together. And, and I, I'm not sure where you're at.